if you want to leap into entrepreneurship, you know, today's a great opportunity for it. Right now, there's a tremendous amount of resources that are available for free that allow you to do that even three, four years ago that weren't available. Shia, welcome to the Fit Team Show. Thank you for having me, Chris. Look forward to getting to know a little bit more about you and hear, uh, hear your story. Absolutely. Some of it, some of it. So tell us first, you know, where you grew up. So I was born and raised in uh, Crown Heights, Brooklyn, um, in Brooklyn, New York. It was a uh, nice community. I grew up in a um, pretty large Orthodox Jewish family. I'm one of seven siblings. Uh, my mom was originally from the Midwest. My dad from Queens. They met and they they became more religiously observant and they settled in Crownites, which is a, um, a large Orthodox Hasidic community. That's where I grew up and went to school. So where do you fall in the range of siblings? Younger, older? So I'm, I, am fifth, I am fifth from the top and third from the bottom. Okay. And we got uh, four, I have four sisters and two brothers. Okay. So what kind of hobbies do you have growing up? I was very into ball. So I was very into sports growing up. That was like a big thing for me. I mean, although we had limited park space growing up in inner city. So uh, we took advantage of the sidewalks, the front yards, the side, you know, the alleyways. Uh, baseball was my thing, you know, so baseball was my thing throughout like elementary. I was really uh, something I really liked. All, you know, I grew up in the nineties with the Yankees. So that's, you know, it's hard not to, to like uh, baseball as a sport. Um, so I probably pretty much as a child, most of my energy was spent in, uh, sport related activities. What did, what did high school look like for you? So high school was like an Orthodox, what we call Orthodox yeshiva, which is very strict, um, Judaic studying. It's pretty lengthy hours, not your typical, um, uh, high school structure or even like your typical Hebrew school structure. It's more of uh, a strict rabbinic curriculum uh usually the day would start at like 7 30 in the morning and it would go as late as nine o'clock at night um so my height was very limited obviously it was only it was very strict it was only you know only boys it was an all male um school and i did that for about three and a half years and they did include in that the a um a secular curriculum that allowed you to take what the new york state regents which is the equivalent to getting your high school diploma so i was able to get my high school diploma from the new york state as well so after after uh, high school what did what, you get into next so after high school it was a little bit of a challenge for me because i was i became a little bit um sort of disenchant this you know dissatisfied with the way i was with the upbringing and um i sort of left a little bit of my particular religious observance um i left the system a little bit and and there wasn't really sort of a place for that so i was doing a little bit odds and ends i'm we're talking about like 18 years old i i think i moved out to california for about a year working for a um for like a jewish community like a rabbi and a jewish community out in san fernando valley in Ogura hills california <clears throat> and then i would just different odds and ends experiences and then at 19 years old i enrolled myself into community college so from like there was a couple of years of just me just doing odds and ends working some some jobs and helping out here and there but then i got involved in college and, uh, and we're in california we're, we're in california did you go san fernando valley that's a hills yeah about 45 minutes an hour north of LA. Okay. And so after that, you went to community college and uh, well, after that, what was next for you? 
So I did community college for a couple of years, and then I transferred to um, to Brooklyn College, and then I graduated from Brooklyn. I had a, I majored in uh, pre-law and business, so I was thinking about going into the law school track. Um, but after college, I um, I took some time off. I went to I spent a year in Israel. I went to Israel. I spent a year in Israel and I went back to doing some more Judaic studies at a program in Israel that was more geared to a lot of people that are coming from a non-observant background that wanted, that were more curious into their Jewish identity and they want to learn more about the fundamentals. So for me, it was like, if, even though I was grown, raised and born religious, for me, it was a great environment to be in because I was sort of getting an appreciation for it um, from a whole, sharing that appreciation with people that are experiencing it for the first time. So I did that for a while. Um, what, what else can you share about your year in Israel then? It was a, it was a, it was a mind-opening experience for me because I was born and raised in a very narrow, um, narrow structure or narrow view or perception of what my identity was. So I was born and raised in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community. So for me, that was the way I thought you could you experience and express your Jewish identity. So when I went to my, my year in Israel, it really enlightened me that this, you know, Judaism as an identity is really diverse, right? So there's different layers and there's different, and, and there are different ways that people express themselves. And I was able to be exposed to that in a way that it gave me a whole new uh, appreciation for Judaism. You know, before I was just very resentful, very upset, not really interested because my experience was the way it was that I perceived as a child growing up in the system. But once I was able to get that, it was a, it was a refreshing experience for me. Uh, it really was. And it allowed me to now, till today, I really attribute my appreciation for my religious identity from those experiences that I had in that year in Israel. So you came back and what, what was next for you? I got back. I, when I got back to New York, um, I was dating, I was dating my girl at the time. I was, I was dating a girl for a while, which was now my current wife. And, the mother of my child. Um, so we were, when I got back after the experience in Israel, I went, I, I didn't want to, I, I put law school on the hold. I think it was like, we're talking about maybe 2008, 2009, 2010. A lot of the job market for law was really, really no good. And I sort of like, didn't really have that big of an interest of going back to to school. So I was doing odds and end jobs. And one of the um, and th for me, that was like, I was trying to discover my, you know, discover alternatives to then going to school and, and leading a law degree. So I worked for a little bit of time for a start, an e-com startup that ended up moving from New York down to Florida. Um, and then I had some other odds and end jobs. I was like, I dabbled a little bit in the real estate rental market. I did, it wasn't a fix, it wasn't a fix for me, but, um, it took some time till I landed a, a, you know, a job at a company that led me to where I am today. But since the, when I came back, got back from Israel, I was still in the process of sort of self-discovery. So tell me about moving to Florida. Uh, why you decided to move and your experience so far? Sure. So I was working for in New York. I was working for a company, a large T-Mobile master dealer. They're called PCC Wireless. They own and operate T-Mobile stores, and I'm a buyer. I was a buyer for that company. Eventually, that my position evolved to where I was getting a lot of opportunity buys, inventory liquidation buys, and closeout deals from the carriers that are looking to move inventory. So I started focusing a lot on that. And then I started my own business with my former employers being investors in this company because they really didn't want to venture too much out of the retail channel that they were already in. 
So we did that for a couple of years. And then in 2018, I decided um, in 2018, they, it, it was more of a personal decision that I wanted to get out of New York. At the time I was living in Brooklyn, it was very, I didn't like it. I wanted a little bit of a, I want to take a little bit of a relaxed approach to living every day and I want to get out of there. So I was, I had an opportunity that was presented to me by someone I was doing, one of the investors I was doing business with that says, hey, he already is doing things out of the Miami market. And he pitched this idea to me to come down to Miami to try it out six months to a year and see how that goes to do, to run a little bit of these sort of opportunities that he already had established down there. So that relationship really lasted the six months because it wasn't something that was scalable for me and for him. And we realized right away that we're just going to maintain separate, um, sort of separate uh, businesses or separate ways of running our business. So I moved out to Miami and I ended up just being here. It was supposed to be more of a short term trial. And then once my kid was in the preschool and my wife was happy down there and then I met amazing amounts of people down here that I just figured that this is just going to be a place that I'm not going to be rushing to get out of. So um, right now in my business, you know, it's it, my, being in Miami is a good social market, social networking market. There's a lot of movement. It's a great trade city. So for me, it's something that I see myself uh, hanging around. Awesome. So talk about, you know, you kind of got in your story becoming an entrepreneur. Talk, tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, you know, why you want to be an entrepreneur. So for me, growing up, I always envisioned being successful in business, right? One of the big things I was, as a, as a kid, I always was fascinated with was real estate development because I grew up in a city and I saw a lot of transformation in neighborhoods that I grew up in, like real world vast transformations um, of buildings. The buildings were going up and New York City in the past 10, 15 years had tremendous neighborhoods were changing. So I grew up in that era and I grew up experiencing that and always feeling that I want to be able to like get into business, get into real estate and so on and so forth. But I really didn't start pursuing that until later in my 20s. And the reason for that is, and I just wanted to bring that up for you, is I, I struggled a lot from my early teens until my 20s, really with an anxiety, with the mental anxiety um, challenge. It was something that I did, I, it's something that I was struggling a lot with. And every time I try to get myself into um, any sort of business or commit myself to something, I always was faced with a lot of challenges and hurdles. And that was something that, um, that really, until I was able to discover how to handle that, I didn't feel comfortable venturing off on my own. So I was working for this company, and I worked in this comp with in this company, in with the T-Mobile business as a buyer. I started getting a lot of the confidence that I needed. That hey, I could do a lot of this on my own. And I started taking baby steps in that direction. At first, I was working for another business. The next step for me was when I enrolled or my employers to say, hey, let's, let's open up a separate company. I'll have equity in it. You guys will be um, silent partners and I'll run it. And that was the next step out. And then the third step, which is where I am today, was where I actually bought out my former employers and I basically paid them back their capital and some, some return on their money. And now I have the full confidence for me to run my business on my own. And one of the reasons that I wanted to run a business on my own is I wanted to have flexibility. I want to have flexibility with my time. I want to have flexibility in location where I live. And I want to have flexibility with my family life. And for me, that was extremely important. And I think that there is 
what was stopping me up until now was just, I call inauthentic fear. It was just the fear of the unknown. It was the fear of leaving something that was comfortable. It was a fear of leaving a job that was certainty, even though the money wasn't um, potentially growth, growthing. So for me, um, becoming an entrepreneur was something that I felt like is like, once I experienced it, I'm like, this is, this is great. It's not more about, it's not even an ego thing that I'm my own, my, my own boss. It's more, I like to take the responsibility of being responsible for my income, for my livelihood. And there's something important for that for me. No, that's great stuff. You mentioned time, location, family, uh, freedom. I mean, that's all, you know, obviously the reasons to be an entrepreneur. You mentioned anxiety. What's some other tough experiences, um, you know, you want to share something maybe you went through, you can share with the audience. So by far, me suffering from anxiety is one of the toughest, toughest experiences that I've, that I've had and had in my life. It's something that I, that I was sort of out of the blue as a beautiful, healthy, happy child in eighth grade, I discovered that I started getting very anxious. And I've been dealing with that through, through therapy, through medication, through various different sort of therapeutic programs to really try to deal with it. And at times throughout my life, in my teenage years, in my early 20s, they were cyclical times of when it was up and down and challenging for me. So for me, that by far, that is something that is my greatest challenge. Um, with that, obviously, is something that, you know, it's my greatest challenge, but I also look at it as an opportunity for me because a lot of the work that I did to overcome those challenges is something that has been, re been solely responsible for the success that I've been having as an entrepreneur and the success that I'm having in other areas of my life because of the work that I put in to deal with the anxieties that I had. So for sure, in my life, um, the challenges that I've been dealing primarily with is, is, is up in here. Awesome, thanks for sharing that. Well, What's some goals accomplished uh, up until this point that you want to share? Obviously, being an entrepreneur now and having your own business has come a long way. Anything else along the, the path that you want to point out that um, maybe you haven't mentioned or some things that you know, you've accomplished that you're really proud of? So one of the biggest, I mean, I think the big thing for me was transitioning to now actually being the sole owner of my company. So I don't have any partners. I don't have any equity, uh, people that have an equity stake in my business. And for me, I take pride in that. Not saying that I won't have equity stake or partners in the future when I want to scale to the next level, but for me, just knowing that I am able and super confident to be able to manage where I am today and scale up and be responsible throughout that process. So that's, that was a huge goal for me, and that's something that I was able to definitely achieve. Um, and being able to really be self-sufficient, meaning at this point, I don't have, you know, my company was able to, one of the big things when I started my business is that I want to be able to generate enough cash flow that it could so, sort of sustain itself and not have to rely. In the beginning, I was relying on outside funding with high interest and so on and so forth. So today, thankfully, I was able to manage in a way that I'm able to um, scale it with, with minimal outside money. Um, that was a huge, that's the, those are huge goals for me. As far as general goals, I think you know, I'm a dad, that was a big deal for me to, to, you know, want to take that big leap, becoming a dad. And now God willing, we have a baby number two that's due any day. Uh, being a family, you know, becoming a dad and being involved in my family, being a family man was something that was a huge leap, a huge goal for me. And I've been really blessed for that. And just, and just being able to transition out of New York, which was my home and my comfort for 32 years. That's all I knew. And to be able to get out and move to a totally new environment and meet a whole new 
community of people and feel, and at this point feel comfortable, like this is home for me, was a huge deal for me as well. Do you ever look back and just, uh, I know we don't do enough of it, but do you ever just look back and see how far you've come and just really appreciate where you're at? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I have to do that more often, absolutely. It's something that I have to remind myself to take a step back, especially when, they're, when I deal with challenging times today, just to stop and acknowledge what, what, you know, what, what, at what point was challenging for me that today doesn't even come up on the radar and to acknowledge how far that I progressed. You know, things that would bother me 10 years ago, I don't even notice today. So I, I do acknowledge that and I have to remind myself to do so more often. Where can people find you on social media? So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So find me at Shia Schneider on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, a little bit on Instagram. Um, but definitely LinkedIn is a platform that I spend most of my energy. And there's, that's where I get a lot of um, good results of connecting with people and expanding my network. Absolutely. What's some last words that you want to share with everybody? Maybe something you haven't said or anything you want to reiterate. I just want to share though, if anyone feels like, you know, they're stuck or there's some fear that they have, and they want to be able to overcome it, that there's, there's tools out there to do that. Like, don't ever feel that you cannot achieve something. Um, I, you know, one of the biggest things that I learned for myself was, is that it's really a desire and faith that gets you, that pushes through all those hurdles. And, you know, if, if, it's, if you want to leap into entrepreneurship, you know, today's a great opportunity for it. Right now, there's a tremendous amount of resources that are available for free that allow you to do that even three, four years ago that weren't available. Um, one of the big things I would recommend people that was extremely effective for me is connect with people, find communities of people, groups that you can be involved with that will allow you to actually bond and share and collaborate and give you the support and the empowerment that you need to deal with whatever else you're doing because that's it. We, you know, we can't do this alone. We, every single successful human being out there has behind the scenes support. And I highly recommend everyone getting that. Don't think that um, you don't need it. Everyone needs it at all levels of their life. I highly recommend, if I had to just end off with that, look into a community of people that could empower and support you to take your life to a next level. All right, that's awesome. Say that one, say that one more time. Look for a community of people that could empower you to take your life to the next level. Absolutely. That's, that's a great way to wrap up. Uh, she, I really appreciate your time and uh, for you joining uh, us today and I look forward to getting to know you better and we'll see you around. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you.